0: Welcome to
1: Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We share outside-the-workplace strategies for inside-the-workplace concerns. And during each show, we take one topic and discuss it with four different subject matter experts. And today, we're going to be talking about effective communication and how to make you a better communicator. So stay with us. We'll be back in one minute with our first guest.
2: Hey, everyone. Charlie here. Did you know Eva and I have a really cool e-commerce shopping site? It's shopcharlieandeva.com. Check it out. You'll find custom designs that might just make a statement about you and some great gift items, too. That's shopcharlieandeva.com. We're adding more designs every month, so be sure to keep checking back in. One last time, shopcharlieandiva.com.
0: And now let's return to corporate talk with Charlie and Eva on talkzone.com.
2: All right. So, you know, we always say we go outside the workplace for solutions to apply them for inside the workplace problems, right? You had a minute. Yeah. You needed a minute there, right? (laughs) Um, so, um, our next guest, we're going way outside the workplace. However, um I think it's one of the best examples we can find for effective communication. I so agree. our first guest is a published writer and workshop facilitator. Um But more importantly, <laughs> she relates to others in the world through the wisdom and knowledge gained through interactions with horses. I'd like to introduce our first guest, Mindy Chernoff. Mindy, are you with us?
3: Hello. Good to be
1: with
2: you
4: guys. <laughs> Hi, Mindy. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. I, I, I love sharing the wisdom of the horse, especially in the corporate environment, because I think I think it's needed. I think I think it's needed for this day and age.
2: Well, okay, so first, you know, we remember when we met you you left an impact, um and uh-huh. we have this topic today, you know, um right. effective communication, right. and mm-hmm. you know, we hear powerful speakers, we hear bullies, right? we right. hear people that yeah. don't really communicate well, and so right. we're mm-hmm. we know there's a power behind it, right, but someone like you. Um, uses that power to communicate with horses. It must. It the results are phenomenal. I would guess the results
4: are phenomenal because you know even the mentioning of the word power conjures up a lot of things, Charlie. You know, the Atlantic had an article over the summer how power causes brain damage, and in mm. this day and age, with when we want to be successful in the corporate sector, in the private sector, whatever, I've firmly believe that what horses can offer us can can aid in us becoming the truest healthiest most successful versions of ourselves you know uh, emotional intelligence is a very hot topic today in the corporate sector mm-hmm. and you know years ago it was IQ test sto- scores that people gauged their success on well now people're realizing that that the EI world is really where we're discovering that when individuals are using their feelings and are aware of them and can be mindful of them, they're much more successful at work. Okay? Um, Yeah, I agree. So so we take that. That's the given. So we we want to improve on those EI skills because this is how we improve in the workplace. How do you do it? Horses are great at that. And here's why. They tell us that about 80% of learning is nonverbal. And if that's the case, there has to be a way to enlarge upon that. Horses are masters of nonverbal. They're very strong, powerful animals. We know that. But they use their power in non-predatory ways. They focus on mm-hmm. the soft skills, listening, noticing. Those are the skills that really help exec to become much more efficient and capable and
2: successful unbelievable so first i just want to mention your website um to find out more and follow and coach and team with mindy the resonant horse.com the resonant horse.com and so thank you did you know that about horses before you got involved oh. with them or did you find that on your own
4: no, I think for me, it's been a, a real strong love affair with horses. i have I, I got my first pony when I was eight um, and and at the time, though, Charlie, no, the answer to that is a definite resounding no. I didn't know hmm. when I was eight years old and nine and ten and a teenager that when I was out there with my pony, with my horse, mucking stalls, being with the horse, I didn't realize that 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 horse was helping to change my brain, and here's why. When we are near them, their heart and energy field is so much larger than ours. And so because of that, we can be affected by their state of satiation. And so think about this. You take, you take uh, somebody from the corporate world. Let's say you bring a team of eight and they want to come out and do a team-building workshop. And you incorporate exercises with the horses. There's no mounted riding. You don't have to have any experience. You don't even have to know anything about horses. It's helpful if you're not fearful. You know, horses live with openness, curiosity, and non-judgment. And if you can be like that, and let's say you bring your workshop team out for, for a, you know, an all-day workshop or a two-hour workshop, they will leave, I guarantee, Charlie, they will leave with viable takeaways that can impact their lives from there forward. Because mm. horses offer us Immediate, in the moment, non-judgmental feedback.
2: Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable.
1: And how do they how do they do that exactly? I mean, I love oh. what you were saying earlier about them being non-predatory. They're powerful, but they're non-predatory. Mm-hmm. I love oh. that because that's so true. Yeah. But it, so, how what is, what can you expect when you work with a horse?
4: What you can expect under the eye of a skilled facilitator, of course, that's a given, Mm -hmm. is the horse, they're mirrors of us, Charlie and Eva. So if you come up, let's say you have a pretty aggressive boss, okay? And he's the CEO that not a lot of people are fond of. You bring Mm -hmm. him out into this environment, and when, when a horse is approached by that kind of powerful energy, they they perceive that as a threat and they will back away or they will shut down. So Mm. you have immediate feedback for this gentleman or this woman on how they are presenting themselves to others. And then they have the choice at that time. Well, is this something I want to alter or is this a part of me that, you know, I can't change. It's, it's so exciting. And so it's so insightful, but it's, it's hard to explain because we're talking about these nonverbals. We're talking about how you feel in a work environment, whether it's life giving or whether it isn't. And horses can help with that because they're, they are so sensitive to those nonverbals. That's the non predatory part. They have so, to let, if there's a lion in the bush, they have to let their herd mates know with the blink of an eye, swish of a tail, or, or the, the cock of an ear that there's trouble there. And that's why there's, it's so valuable for us, because we can learn to settle ourselves, become more present, become more aware, depending on how the horses respond to us.
5: You know, and, and right what I love
1: it. about that is that the horse doesn't lie, right? So when, the horse you know, doesn't a CEO... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a CEO will want feedback, but yet... People Absolutely. won't give them the real feedback. The horse's feedback is instant.
4: It's a little scary. It's a little scary and threatening. Yeah. And here's another great thing about it. Yes, they give these, they're very authentic, so they don't lie, and they do give that great feedback. But they also give it, I think this is key, in a non-judgmental way. So there's no attachment to it. You know, if, if, if we're getting criticized for, for the, the work that we're doing or not doing, that's kind of hard to not take that personal in some way. With horses, none of it is personal. And so it frees you to, okay, I really can look at this. And let's say, let's say you bring your team out and you really want to work on team building skills. Well, the horses will be able to show you when you have certain exercises that you do or certain uh, timed events that you, you get together and you, you, you make the horses move through certain obstacles how you work as a team comes right up to the front and where this one lags behind where this one takes over too much it becomes very clear in this beautiful non-judgmental environment where you can then discuss it it's, it's so profound it's, it,
2: it is really it takes profound. away yeah. yeah um you know it really is unbelievable to be able to Learn how to use your energy, I guess, right? Yeah. Your presence yeah. first absolutely. to communicate. That's um, well, well, because you know, I was just going to say because it's so nonverbal.
1: You know, we forget most of yeah. what draws people to us or repels people from us is our energy and not so much our You're words. I mean, our words can do it too,
6: but
4: right. yes. And for for those in the corporate world, how important that is. For us to connect, we're talking about connecting. In mm. the end, that's what we need, we want to do. And horses can aid that. I have one of my gelding, my horses, is a master of boundary, And if you walk towards him with an aggressive stature, he puts his ears immediately back. <laughs> and when I have my, my corporate teams come out, I do this exercise with them. It just involves me, not them. And I show, I walk up to him forcefully. his ears go back. He's like, I don't want any part of you, right? We know what that's like when people don't want any part of us. And then I say to them, is there a way that I can draw this horse to me just by my love? And what I have to do is intensely notice his eyes, his ears, and within moments, it could be two minutes, it could be five, I will draw that horse to me where he will turn his head, his ears will be forward. Because I have given him the invitation and permission. And how wonderful when we can. One of my uh, executives, the next day, she she went to work and she texted and she said, "I had a client that had his ears back, and I had to do it to get his ears forward, and I did it." And I'm like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." I know that sounds silly, doesn't it? But it doesn't.
1: It true. doesn't because. It's true. It's so true. And it's so true because unless you're picking up those signs, those little nonverbal cues, yes. and unless yes. you're attuned to them, you're not going to see that what's coming out of their mouth is so different than maybe what their posturing is. What and it's going presenting. to make the difference.
4: What they're presenting. Exactly. Right. Because people could be presenting something, but what's really going on is something else. And I think the way to access that something else and to be more effective in the worst place are those soft skills, the non-verbal noticing, listening, listening. Yes, it's body. You know, it's body posture and all that. We know all that, but there's also ways to draw others to us. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think the horses are wonderful
2: with that. Well, soft skills is why even I um, yep. decided to do this program because we agree with you and what you're. What you do, what you have accomplished is twofold. You help others communicate um, with their energy and their soft skills yeah. and their demeanor, yeah. but you also show them the power and the real power behind it by showing them the results of how the horses communicate back. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not yeah. just make-believe it's anymore.
4: It's a total two-way street. And there mm-hmm. can be people that are really kind of on the fence about this stuff. Like, what is this all about? And sometimes by the end of the day, they are your newfound best friends because they have, they have struggled with making connections in their yeah. own life. And they're aware of something within me is just, you know, I can't close those deals. I can't yeah. make those sales. There's something that's stopping me. And it's yeah. possible. I mean, I can't make a blanket statement, but it's clearly possible that it might be. Just some tools you need in your toolkit that can allow you to be with others with openness, curiosity, and non-judgment. And that's how a horse lives most yeah, of the time. Yeah, and
2: it might um also change the world, right? <laughs> For the better. So Well, it, let me it, tell
4: you something. We are we are changing the world. One mm-hmm. horse, one connection, one workshop at a time. And I am humble, Charlie and Eva. Humble to see what transformative things happen when clients come here from all demographics. And it is, it's is—it's an honor. The horses are the rock stars. I'm grateful. I, I live my life with such gratitude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really evolved over the years. You know, we talked about how I got involved in this. It was certainly my journey, but but the horses have always been a very strong part of my life. And I had... Before doing, you know, the resonant horse, I was very active in my show career. And I had uh, one horse that we actually won two extremely world-renowned prestigious awards for. And then I gradually moved into more of this, you know, partnering with them.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, okay, so this is phenomenal. Mindy, the show moves fast. We have to have you back on. Um, uh, the resonanthorse.com We have to start pushing all of the companies to you for workshops. Um, you're doing great work, and we want to thank you so much.
4: Oh, it's a privilege and an honor to be with you guys, and I wish you all the well, all well, and and, and continue these great segments, and just keep in mind those soft skills that once in a while a horse can help.
2: Excellent. Take care, Mindy. And once again, TheResonantHorse.com. We'll be right back.
5: Charlie Labasco and Eva Lewandowski are on a mission to make a difference in your career, your life, and the world. As consultants, coaches, speakers, and trainers, they each bring different skill sets to the table as well as different products and services, all of which are designed to make a difference for you. Are you looking for fame, fortune, and recognition? Need help with speaking up and being heard? Looking for the right tools for the right issue? Look no further. Go to charlieandeva.com. Check us out. Opt in to our newsletter. And let's be teammates.
0: Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone.
1: Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our next guest is. Terrific. It's Jaya Jaya Myra, and she's an author, speaker, media guest, and natural lifestyle expert. She's actually developed a blueprint for natural health based on each person's unique elemental composition. It's really amazing. So, uh, oh, and I also want to let you know her website. It's JayaJayaMyra.com, and it's J-A-Y-A-J-A-Y-A-M-Y-R-A.com. Myra, thank you so much for being here. We're excited to talk to you.
6: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be with you guys today.
1: Now, I, I know that, you know, we're talking about effective communication. And one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because we know that if there's anyone that knows how to communicate with themselves, it's you. And so when we look at, you know, starting to become a communicator and looking internally, you know, how can you start guiding us in a way that we can start listening to ourselves more to become an effective communicator?
6: There are so many different ways to approach communication, and again, I think it depends on what a person is inclined towards. Uh, Maybe some people would be very inclined towards adapting a meditation routine. Others would be more open to mindfulness practices that don't make you sit down and sit still and meditate for 15 or 20 minutes at a time. Mm
3: -hmm. But
4: even
6: if if you don't want to do those sorts of things, it can really be as simple as how well are you sleeping and even... What are you eating throughout the course of your day? Because these little things are going to make a big impact on your mood, your behavior, and how you communicate with other people.
1: So, you know, I know that um, you do a lot of work around how eating can impact, you know, what you're doing throughout your day. And I know I even talk about that in my public speaking workshops about what a difference it can make in your anxiety levels. But why don't, can you give us a couple examples about eating and how it can be impactful?
6: Absolutely, and particularly in a work environment, one Mm -hmm. of my favorite things to talk about is the beneficial effects that ginger has on you. And you can get Mm -hmm. ginger pretty easily, whether it's through a cup of tea. There's um, a lot of places around that now sell those ginger shots ready to go. You can get one of those and take it. You can add it into any stir-fry or uh, vegetable dish that you might be making. So it's pretty easy to incorporate into your diet. And I love ginger because it has so many beneficial effects. It's going to decrease anxiety. Uh, it can even improve cognitive function. It can help to get rid of butterflies in your stomach and nausea. It can help to settle you down. Uh, it can help to increase and like, improve your mood if you're having a bad day. So I know a lot of us get stressed being in the work mm-hmm. environment. And this is one of those things that can help just to bring those stress levels down, bring you back to center so you can think more clearly before you have to go into your next meeting or give a presentation or interact with your employees.
1: Wow, that's, that's really great. I had never heard that before. I mean, I knew that ginger kind of settled your stomach down, but I hadn't really thought about it for butterflies. So, I know that the first thing I would think of is how much ginger because I could see like either like Charlie like way overdoing it or me not doing enough of it like how much would you recommend?
6: I think just base it on what feels good for you honestly. You don't have to eat a ton of any particular food to get the good benefits out of it and if you're eating something that you really don't like it's not going to be an enjoyable experience for you anyway and it makes it really not worth it. It would be better to find a food that you really did enjoy eating and to incorporate that into your routine because there's so many different things like that you can uh, eat to decrease, st- decrease stress or to improve happiness or to lower your blood pressure or decrease depression or just to generally improve your cognitive function and memory. Like we have a lot of choices in all of these categories and I'm sure that every individual can find something that's going to work for them.
2: Oh, that's great. It's funny, and and none of this has anything whatsoever to do with the content that we may be communicating, right, at the time. It has to do with how we're communicating internally so that we can maybe be a little clearer and calmer when we think – which will in effect make us a better communicator.
1: Well, that's kind of what I think is it's always important to come from that clear grounded place. And if you're not eating properly, it's hard to be clear and grounded when you don't feel great or you're anxious or you've got knots in your stomach. Yeah. Um,
6: Oh, definitely. And a lot of people don't understand how these little things that they're doing could be affecting their emotions in a negative way. And if you go into work and you're not feeling well or, you're feeling down or sluggish, how is that going to relate to how you're interacting with your coworkers or your employees or your supervisor? It's not apt to bode very well. Even things as simple as are you eating a hot meal in the morning or are you grabbing an energy bar on your way to work? That can absolutely affect your psychological temperament and over time start to impact your emotions.
1: Wow, I hadn't even really thought about that either.
6: Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Like Ayurvedic philosophy will talk about the impacts of even the temperature of food and how that relates to you. So if you're already prone to like stress or sadness or depression or you're just having some difficulties pulling things together in your life, it's mm -hmm. really important not to go for those energy bars in the morning and not to skip meals. Like you should be eating at least two hot meals a day because just having the hot food is going to help to settle your emotions and uplift your mood.
2: Well, with with all of, you know, your travels and your journey on Mm -hmm. everything you've been through, um, you, you feel you see the results of how you communicate now? I mean, when we talk now, you seem very, um, you like you, you're owning what you're saying, right? You're not pushing it. You're just, you know, is this a result of practicing what you preach? You see the results? Does that make sense?
6: I think it is. It, it really comes back to finding what works for the individual. And this even relates to like how you relate to your life purpose, your spirituality, everything. And I am another person that wants to push my way or my belief system on people, I want to help them find those solutions that's going to work for them because we all have problems, we all have challenges, and we also all have a pretty powerful life purpose and we're supposed to make a difference in this world. So it's my job to help people succeed, and I can't do that if I were to push my way on someone else. So I try to listen, gauge where someone is at, get to know uh, who they are, What they enjoy and learn about their elemental composition, and then I make recommendations to people based on that. Hmm.
1: I love that because, you know, there's no one perfect method. Not, you know, one, I know you even say this on your website, one size does not fit all, and we know that. And so I like how you tailor you know, different foods and different approaches to different people. So let's say you have somebody, let's just take an example and let's say you have, and I know that even this would be a big generalization, but let's say you have somebody that runs kind of hot. You know, they're, they're type A, they're very, very busy. They're uh, always kind of stressed out. I know we talked about the two hot meals and is there anything else that would kind of help with calming in that type of a situation?
6: Uh, Absolutely. Since these people already tend to run hot, like you said, it's really Mm -hmm. good to avoid excessive spicy foods. Like, Don't have spicy food every single day because spice in itself is hot. And The reason why we have these spicy foods is to get rid of inertia and sluggishness and depression and other things that can affect us both physically and psychologically. But if you're already in a place like to where you're running hot to begin with, you don't need have that type of food to get you in that right mental space and in fact if you eat too much of it it could lead you to be prone to anger and outbursts and being irrational and just having more of a temperamental personality that people don't like to deal with so you can modulate that through also eating certain foods which would help to cool that down Uh, maybe that's something like cardamom Maybe that's adding a little bit of uh, asafoetida into your food. I don't know. Are you familiar with asafoetida? It's uh, mm. also known as hing or devil's breath?
1: No, not at all.
6: Yeah, it's something that's pretty commonly used in Indian cooking. Um It's called devil's breath because it smells horrible. Like if you smell <laughs> it, you, you will not want to get it anywhere near you. But you just put a dash of it like into your cooking, and it really, again, helps to settle the stomach, reduce floating. It reduces blood pressure. It increases the mood uh, in a positive way. It has all of these like beneficial effects on people. So again, just small little things like that are are going to make a huge difference. And the reason why I love talking about food is because we all eat food every day. There's not a person alive who doesn't eat. You know, we we have to do that to sustain us. And I think it's a really wonderful way to be able to relate to people and teach them to think about what they're putting in their bodies and how that is affecting their temperament. I
1: think that's. I, I think this is just really great advice because I guarantee that there's angry people out there that have no idea that their spicy food could be adding to that anger. And then there's other people out there that maybe are a little slower that never realize that if they maybe put a little spice in there, that would <laughs> yep, speed them up know a what, little it bit. It goes back
2: to even what Mindy was saying earlier in that it's another tool for a toolkit. I mean, this is probably what everybody could be missing in how they communicate, especially in the workplace. Yeah,
1: no, I I really agree. Because I mean, all of that leads to different ways of communicating and and moving forward and just getting your message out there either from maybe you're a little too slow and you need to speed up or maybe you're a little too fast and you need to slow down, right? Bringing that energy.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And then like if people can take it a step further and start to think about like, oh, okay, how does my work make me feel? What are these things that I go to uh, um, on a regular basis? Like for a lot of people, that's coffee, right? Like they're sitting drinking three or four cups of coffee a day and then they don't think about how is this affecting me? Is this making me jittery? Is it making me anxious? Uh, is it contributing to excess acid in my body? Because a lot of coffees are very high in acid. It, is that acid and those other compounds then contributing to adrenal fatigue, which can have a whole bunch of negative symptoms, including being tired, being sluggish, having headaches, having brain fog, you know, and like, mm-hmm. what can you do to start to alleviate these things? And it's not always cutting out that cup of coffee, but it might be adding other things into your diet that are going to combat the negative symptoms that go along with that.
1: So well, Myra, thank you thank you so much because, unfortunately, we are out of time. But, I mean, this has been really, really great advice. So thank you for your time and your expertise. And everyone, the website is jayajayamyra.com We'll be right back.
5: CARE certification in the workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for courage to take action relevant to everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information, go to charlieandeva.com. That's charlieandeva.com.
0: Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. All right. The show moves fast.
1: (laughs) It's moving fast.
0: Um, We're
2: learning all about effective communication and we go outside the workplace for solutions that we can apply inside the workplace. So our next guest um, is the um, person who can help us Electronically on how to communicate with our customers, you know, um, inside the workplace, um, especially, but really everywhere. And we'll let, we'll let her explain a little more about that. I'd like to introduce our next guest, Debbie Silverman. Debbie, are you with us? I am. And
7: thank you for having me back.
2: Excellent. No, Debbie, um, you know, communication. We're learning so much. And, you know, just to go off topic for one second, when you look in the news lately, Um, electronic communication seems to be um, all the rage these days Um, and you know I know your website consumerperspective.com that's consumer-perspective.com talks about um, learning to understand your customers which really is a way to learn how to communicate would that be true?
7: Absolutely, yes. You you have to communicate with everybody, especially customers, right? Or you don't have a relationship with them.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's not only, you know, we learned about the power and the soft skills, but really it's also about technology and about being creative. Um, but net-net, you really have to understand how to communicate with your customers.
7: Yes, and what what I would add is when you have a chance to do it, that it's in person or on the phone, I would suggest you're going to have a much better communication and create a stronger relationship than if you're going to have it electronically. That's that's the only issue with electronic. It's you don't see the person, you don't really feel what they're saying, you don't see what they're saying, you can't really follow the conversation because when it's electronic, like when you're when you're um, texting somebody or you're emailing somebody, you don't get the true feelings of what's coming out.
2: Right, and you know, one of the things we loved about our first um, time with you was your book. It's just a conversation, right? Yes. Um, which kind of speaks to the same thing. It's more about um, just simply talking to each other.
7: <laughs> yes, and when you when you talk to each other, and if I may, I mean, I know you were talking about electronic communication, but Charlie and Eva, I, I have to tell you that again and I'm going to restate this because it's so important that if you can have that conversation in person and or on the phone and if you have to do it by Skype okay fine because at least you can still see the person I would strongly recommend that only when you don't have any other recourse would I suggest that you text and you email or even snail mail you know but really you really want to have especially if it's an important conversation like if you want to talk to your boss about a raise or a promotion or the boss wants to talk to the employee about, you know, maybe there's trouble in the business or maybe things aren't working out with other workers, whatever the case may be, in-person is really the key. And it's not always easy. But I, And I would suggest that you do in-person.
2: Um, I know. I, I agree. I agree one-on-one and and the, the power of in-person communication. Um, actually, I was referring to if we have, let's say, a new product we're announcing um, and we want to share it with our customers, we have to learn a little bit more about how to data mine or what to look for in the industry in order to learn how to reach the proper audience. That's what I mean by electronically, right? So we would have to – so, so yes,
7: in terms of the data mining, like you brought up, and, and I'm glad you did bring that up, because a lot of companies today, and especially you're hearing it on the news right now, with what's going on with Facebook uh-huh. and the database that they have and uh-huh. how it's being shared. I mean, that's all part of what's called, in quotes, data mining. And smaller companies can use data mining and not be so out with it. You know, it's like that's in your face. Facebook is in your face kind of thing and when you work with other companies when I work with other companies and I do data mining for them the dating mining we do is basically is we go through the database that they have and we look at what sales that they that they made and see how people are purchasing so for example if if they have if we learn that they're a young father for example we will know that if they're a young father they're gonna need when they go shopping if they do any of the shopping they're gonna have to get diapers and bottles and so on and you might want to have the beer aisle kind of next to that so that they can do both mm. at the same time. And that's <laughs> where data mine, the fun data mining comes in. Okay, and that, that kind
2: of thing. Wow. And I love, first, the, the way you made the line in the sand to talk about the power of personal communication, right? Um, having said that, it's almost you know when we go into data mining, it's almost like covert communication then right It's kind yeah, of what happens
7: yeah exactly what you're what you're learning with data mining and what it is is basically data is is put into all these computer models, and instead of a human eye looking at everything, the computer generates these models for us and and tells us that if this person buys x, they're also likely to buy y or that it might tell us something like this person is likely to leave your your company and not want to shop with you anymore just because of their behavior, their past behavior. And we can compare it with other uh, people that have similar traits and say, well, if if they left about three months ago, chances are you're not going to get them back right now unless you do X, Y, Z. I mean, it gives us some indication of what to do to get people back. It gives us an indication of when people might leave your company. It gives us an indication on if they're buying A, they might also buy B. Like I gave you the example of diapers and beer <laughs> as, a, as a funny example. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it gives us a lot of information that helps my clients uh, to understand how to advertise to these people, where they should advertise to these people, so that their marketing budgets are spent more wisely.
2: Um It's really interesting because the better we get at that stuff, we also can use it in our own communication, right? We can learn which questions to ask of others to learn more about them so we can interact better. It's almost, you know, a form of data mining if you think about it.
7: Yeah, yes, on a very small scale. (laughs) Um,
2: scale. So – so tell us a little bit more about it's just a conversation, um, and tell us how we can get a copy of that book because I think that will also help us.
7: Well, thank you. Yes, uh, it's just a conversation: what to say and how to say it in business uh, was written uh, in 2014, and my co-author Trish Carr and I decided to write it because we realized that there are a lot of people, including myself, and I, I had this problem that you don't want to have a conversation because you're either afraid, you don't know how to ask the right questions, you don't know how to focus and really stay in tune with the conversation. And I was thinking to myself, if I'm having that question or that concern, how many other people in this world don't have that business conversation because they're either afraid to or they just don't know how to? Mm -hmm. And that's why the book was created. And I would like to add that um, one of the things that we do in the book, which is very important, we use the word focus. And we use it as an acronym, and I'm going to just go through it very quickly. But I want you to, I want your listeners to focus on the first, <laughs> the first letter, the F, and the and the last letter, the S. And the F for us stands for finish first. What that means in a conversation is have your goal in mind of how you want it to go. Now I'm, I'm not suggesting that every conversation is going to go exactly to plan. Of course not. However, by having that that um, Goal in mind. It gets you to the point of where you want to go pretty, pretty quickly, you know, and you get, you have a better chance of getting there. And um, I'll let your, your listeners go to, to the, my website. You can go to consumer-perspective.com and you'll see some information about the book. It's just a conversation. And the, uh, they can learn more about the O, C in the U, okay? And mm-hmm. the S in focus is stay in the moment. And very mm-hmm. often in I would say ninety nine point nine conversations, we are jumping ahead of what we want to say or what we think we should hear. We're not listening to what what is actually being said. And if we all right. stay in the moment, and this is true in life, if you stay in the moment, you can actually in, in, you can enjoy it. You can enjoy yeah. it instead of worrying about what might happen or what didn't happen.
3: And
1: it's so true because I mean staying in the moment. I think can be really hard at times, especially if you're in the middle of a crucial conversation at work with a client or someone that, you know, is higher up from you. Staying in the moment can be really tough because the whole time your mind is racing. You're thinking about what they're going to say next, what you're going to say, how you're going to respond to this. What if he says this, or what if she says that, how am I going to respond to that? And completely missing any like little, you know, when we were talking about earlier in the show about any little nuance, any, you know, changes that, We're not even picking up because we're not really right there. We're not not focused, as you said. You're not in the
7: moment. That's right. That's exactly right. right. And you know what happens, too, is if you're in the moment, you're less likely to be stressed out about any fears you might have or what might happen or, as I said, it's something that didn't happen. You're in the moment. So your mind is actually at ease, and it it could be more creative on how to handle situations.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that people typically think like that. That takes some practice. I I would say that that takes a little bit of practice outside of before you get into a crucial conversation, practice being in the moment Mm -hmm. in conversations that aren't really that critical, but maybe work conversations, yeah, but that just aren't that critical, and just practice being in that moment and just sitting back and feeling that like,
2: ah. Yeah, I don't know how this started. I I
7: know you have to go quickly. I just want to tell you. One thing that your listeners can do is when you do, you're right, you have to practice. And if you find yourself skipping ahead and thinking ahead, like pinch yourself a little bit and go, okay, stay in the moment, mm-hmm. stay in the moment.
4: <laughs> you know? It's a good little uh, trick. That is, a
2: good, yeah.
1: that is a good technique to kind of pinch yourself to get back to
2: this moment right well, now. What I wanted to say was, you know, I, I don't know how this happened, but um, the focus huh, these days seems to be more on the electronic, right? Like... We talked about earlier um, the data mining and let me see the agenda and and that's and I'm going back now and I remember why we wanted to have you on the show originally was we want to get back to let's just talk mm-hmm. what are you thinking in this moment um, and I think it's critical to um, to get this message in the workplace right
7: absolutely because you're right if they commun- if you communicate properly they will listen. And if I may offer your listeners one quick little tip, something that I hear every day. If I said thank you to you, what would you guys say? You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, well, you're rare. (laughs) Because (laughs) a lot of people say no problem.
1: Oh, I Uh say that too. I do say no problem. I do say no problem. Let me tell
7: you quickly. When you say no problem, all right, even though it may not be, subconsciously, you are saying to the other person, and they don't know this, but subconsciously, you're saying to the other person, there is a problem. Ah, okay. so if mm-hmm. you want to communicate effectively in the in the workplace you want them to listen to you when someone says your boss or work coworker, anybody says thank you you say my pleasure or you say you're welcome
2: excellent well you know uh debbie we're glad you you're back you're spot on with your communication and um we want to thank you and we would love to have you back again and once again Debbie's website is consumer-perspective.com, and you'll find information on there on data mining and also on this fantastic book that will help us all be better communicators. Yeah, and it's just a conversation, which is available on Amazon.
7: Yes, that's correct. Amazon, or you can get Barnes & Noble if they'll, they'll order for you.
2: Oh, perfect. All right, Debbie, thank you again. Take care, and we'll speak again soon. We'll be right back, everyone.
1: Let's face it, getting noticed at work can be tough. And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, it can be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Lewandowski, and I know how it feels. You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear can kick in. I tried everything from Toastmasters to hypnosis, and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight.
0: Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone.
1: Thanks for staying with us everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our conversations today revolve all around communication.
2: Yeah, unbelievable. I know um, it's been from really great way outside the box. <laughs> yes. To internally yes. to just speak Right. Yeah, just, <laughs> just a
1: conversation. Just a conversation. So our next guest is Susanna Jansen, and Susanna is a columnist and foreign language ed- educator. She's actually fluent in Spanish and Italian, at least, and she is the author of "Word Struck: The Fun and Fascination of Language." And Susanna's um, website is susannajansen.com, and that's S-U-S-A-N-N-A-J-A-N-S-S-E-N dot com, and. Susanna, we're so happy to have you.
3: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Charlie and Eva. It's a delight to be back.
1: You know, and um, so we wanted to talk to you today. As you know, our topic is communication. And more and more work revolves around communicating in a global workplace. We do not work with just the people that we know anymore. I know myself, I have worked with people from China, people from Russia, people from Sri Lanka, a lot of people from India. Um, I'm Polish. My parents are from Poland. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Charlie has that Italian background. So that's and he's a New Yorker. So that's a whole that's a whole nother uh, <laughs> language. <laughs> language in and of itself. So <laughs> when we're communicating in a global society, I think a lot of times we can have a lot of miscommunication. So. Where do we start? How do we start, you know, becoming better at learning how to communicate with people that aren't from even our own country?
3: Yes, that's a big question because now we are so dependent upon electronic communication and that has increased our global communication so many fold and the advances in that area just are 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 lightning speed. I think there's three things I I want to I would like to mention, focus on the mm-hmm. course um, our time together. One is that everyone knows now that you can buy a voice translator and for yeah. $200 you can, you can pick up a device that will enable you to communicate in 30, 40 or more languages. You say what you want to say in English and it translates it into what Hindi or French or Danish, whatever it might be. Um You know, these these are getting very popular, particularly with business people, and many of them are advertised online. And one advertisement I saw said, um, uh, this device is usually dependable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking that. And miscommunication (laughs) when you don't actually know the language that it is translating your words into.
2: You know, I, I, wait. Oh. I love that. That's a great tip. I well, mean, I, I guess I kind of knew that it existed, but hearing it, I think that's that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, have right? you,
3: you've never used one. Now, Eva, have you ever used one of these? Now, I've only used it online a little bit.
1: Like, I just go, like, if I want to know how to pronounce something or how to translate something, I'll just go and Google it and, and put it into a translator online. But I've never used one in another country. I haven't. I I remember years ago, so it's been a long time since I've been overseas, and back then it was, I remember being in France and I had a book, and there was not one thing, I remember especially on a menu, there was not one thing in the book that was on the menu. Like, I could not figure (laughs) out No French
2: fries. (laughs) No French
1: fries. There wasn't anything on the menu that I could find in the book. I was like, Oh no! So I was just thinking about when you have the translator. I know it'd be really cool because it pronounces it, which is neat. Mm-hmm. But
2: like you said, there's that there's that chance for. Well, wait. So that was my concern, right? But mm. when Susanna, when you brought that up, a little bell went off, right? So okay. Um, a lot of words don't translate. Mm-hmm. But if you do the translator in reverse and play it back in English, I think you would hear what translated, wouldn't you? I would think. Well,
3: yes, I think that you would, and they, they, maybe they have that function. I have not. I want to buy one of these things just for fun. But we speak in so many so many colloquial phrases, and right. not that we speak a lot of slang. But a lot of what we say is idiomatic expression. It's colloquial, and we do this without even realizing it. And those things do not usually translate very well, or they could be translated very literally. Um, and And that might may not work out either, but you know these these instruments can be very useful, but there's a huge area of communication that they can't even touch and This is a point I really want to make for your listeners, and that is that you know they they can't translate cultural awareness or cultural mm-hmm. literacy. I like to call it cultural literacy. And there it's so important, even if you know nothing of the language. It's so important to understand if you're dealing with someone from India or someone from Denmark or someone from France or a Spanish-speaking country, something about their culture, their values. Literally, what does the person or the group value? And um, knowing this, doing our own research and not just relying on stereotypes, can just open up a whole world of understanding. How many times have we sent... um, you know high level business people or high level politicians to other countries without any cultural preparation and you know the the example that always pops into my head is this was from quite a while ago but it's so it so illustrates the point when George Bush senior went to i believe it was Saudi Arabia he was uh, being televised and he was speaking with the the king and he crossed his leg, he crossed his ankle over his knee. You get the picture?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: And, of course, then that means he was showing the sole of his foot, the sole of his shoe, which is something you just do not do in their culture. Oh, wow. hmm. And another thing that's so important is, you know, in, in the same culture, in the Muslim cultures, um, what we do as Americans is we shake someone's hand and to express greater warmth or greater joy at meeting the person, we will cover that right hand that we're shaking with, we will cover the two hands, ours and the other person's, mm-hmm. with our left hand. And right. that's another thing you just simply never do. You you, you only use your left hand for personal hygiene.
1: Oh, that's right. Because you, right. Know, cause you don't right. eat with your so, left hand
2: either, right. I get the, uh, oh. listening to you, Susanna, all of your languages aside, I think you would be a excellent global communicator regardless. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, just, just from that, just from the skills of learning about other cultures and just everything that you're saying just makes perfect sense. right well, I mean, it's
3: So fascinating too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important to know to understand as much as we can, but even to know like what are the holidays that people celebrate? I mean, if I if you go to Holland or you're dealing with Dutch people in a business situation, you probably want to know that they're going to be giving their gifts on the 5th of December and not waiting for the 25th for Christmas Day. They're going to be giving their gifts on Santa Claus, Sinterklaas Day. I mean, mm-hmm. things as, as simple as this that I do believe are really just fascinating to learn. Well, about.
2: just it, just it says, to take that exact point one step further. And, you know, Eva, you'll, you'll agree, I think, is when we worked on big projects here in mm-hmm. the U.S. using offshore resources. Right. I don't think there was any consideration given to any of their holidays that might impact it was terrible. our yeah. dates.
1: Right. Right.
2: right. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah. And it's so
1: point. important to, to learn that. So, you know, I'm wondering, Susanna, how how do you go about learning some of that? Like what are the are there different resources that you could tap into? Because it seems like if you were to start Googling it, like I wouldn't even know where to begin always. And and Call Susanna. Susanna. Yeah, call Susanna. Um but like where would you actually, you know, start looking how would you start researching this? Any ideas?
3: Well we have so much information available to us now online. And there are also right. a lot of books out on on culture in 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 different countries, specifically, um, there's one whole series called Culture Clash, Culture ah. Clash, and they publish a book for every country you can imagine. They're done; it's done pretty well. I mean, I tend to cruise around more just on websites and pick up whatever I can. Um, and just f- besides for what I picked up from my travels, um, I just love to read about this kind of thing. And I find that if I google for example, Italian cultural practices or uh-huh. um, uh, cultural um how to be cultural savvy in India cultural literacy in India, I can always find something online and then I just have to use my my good sense and and uh dig through these things as we always have to do when we're using online resources but there's so much out there i I, I saw just the other day that there's um there's a course at Texas Tech University communicating in a global global society mm. and of course that in, includes the aspect of being culturally literate.
1: Yeah, I really I you know you actually answered that question perfectly because even just putting in cultural practices from whatever um, country you're looking at that would make a huge difference and and you said I'm sure that even in there there would be some resources because that really would make a huge difference and it would make a it would be so impactful for the people that you know we work with just so that they know that we do care about their culture and we do care even though they might be working here and they might be working with us that we do care about their holidays and their practices and, and, and- need to have
2: consideration for the words that May not translate or yeah. that other cultures might take literally. You know? Right. I think it's so important to watch because we
1: do talk a lot with slang. And and I do think it's important that when we're talking with other countries to make sure that we do speak a little bit more formally so that they are so that we're very clear in our communication and not using, you know, different sayings that they may have no clue what we're talking about or take totally the wrong way. Yeah, And then we're
2: taking our time spinning backwards. I I think that, Susanna, I think um, what you bring to the table is of great value and needed so much in especially the large-scale corporate environments today that are global. Well, Susanna,
1: thank you so much. This has been really, really helpful. We certainly appreciate your expertise. We'd like to talk to you more about this.
3: Well, I Mm -hmm. hope we can because I always do love to – to uh, keep plugging, taking foreign language, studying foreign language, learning foreign language, but being realistic that people can't become, you know, fluent in a couple of weeks. There are these right. other resources out there. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I think that the that what you've provided just in this short period of time has been really helpful. So thank you. We appreciate your expertise. Yep.
3: Well thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks. And again that's Susanajanson.com and um, her, her book is "Word Struck: The Fun and Fascination of Language. It's gotten a lot of great reviews. I, I highly recommend it. It's out on Amazon. So thanks again for listening, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we hope you have a great week. Take care. You've been listening to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Special thanks to our producer, Dave Olson, and the Talk Zone family. All our replays are available at TalkZone.com or in the iTunes store. Also, be sure to download the free Talk Zone app so you can listen to our show at any time. Your suggestions and comments are always welcome. Please email us at info at Thanks again for listening.